Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. If you're with me this morning, say the word revelation. I had a few people, I said, if you're with me this morning, say revelation. Revelation. That is the key. I want you to get that today. That you can read the scripture. You could read it for hours. You could pray for hours. You could spend time worshiping for hours. But the only benefit that you receive is by the revelation that you get. Amen. This morning, I have a revelation from God. And it's going to really help you. It's going to open up your eyes this morning to some things that's been going on in your life. And if I'm correct, I'd say there's some things in your life that's been going on for a long time. Is anybody with me today? There's, some, there's certain things in your life that has been reoccurring. It's been going on over and over and over. This morning, I'm going to deal with that today. And I'm going to show you some things that God revealed unto me. Now, you are set free, and this is in the book of Acts. The the Word of God declares that you are set free by the Word of God. Now, the specific word used there is rhema. And if you've been here long enough, you've heard me talk about that word several, several times, the word rhema. That is simply words of God that click, reveal. Oh, I see it. I understand it. That's rhema. When you just read the word of God and you you read a chapter, pat yourself on the back, you read a chapter tonight, but you didn't receive anything, it just stayed logos. Is Is everybody with me this morning? Now, this morning, it's the rhema word of God that sets you free. And I believe that there's several people in here this morning you need set free. There's some certain areas in your life that you need delivered. Come on, somebody, say amen. There are certain areas in our life that have been bound and they need to be unlocked. And today, God's going to show us how to unlock some things. Somebody say amen. Let's open up in prayer. Father, we exalt you. The only reason we're here this morning is because of you. We owe everything in our lives to you. And Father, we just want to thank you for this journey. It's not just about coming to church or doing the right things or this or that. We want to thank you that we get to walk with you through this life. We get to fellowship with you. We get to spend time with you. You're not just God to me. You call me your friend. And that is what it's about. We exalt you, we give you all the praise, and Father, I thank you that deliverance comes through this word today, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Now look at Genesis 3.15. Now I promise you right now, the enemy is going to try to distract you from this message this morning, because he doesn't want, there's certain areas in your life that he has locked up, and he does not want you to unlock it. Before I, this just came to me real quick, before I get into this message, I want you to know something, that the enemy doesn't care if you're doing certain things for God. Listen to me very closely. He doesn't care if you're doing certain things for God as long as you are not effective. In other words, he will allow you to go to a certain spot and then cut you off each time. Is is anybody bearing witness with me this morning? So it's not always that, oh, he don't want you doing anything for God. He's going to stop you from doing it. No, no, no. There are times that he will let you do certain things as long as you're not effective. All right, Genesis 3.15. Look what it says right here. This is God making a mighty prophecy that will carry on for thousands of years. 
Now we're in Genesis, we're at the beginning. And listen to what he says right here. Genesis 3.15. He says, and I will put enmity, opposition. I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between your seed, somebody say your seed, and then her seed. Somebody say her seed. And it shall, and it shall bruise thy head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, when you see that verse, you're going to tell me that was a prophecy that God placed in the earth for the Messiah that was going to come, right? When you hear seed of the woman, the only one you think of is whom? Jesus. Why? Because he had no earthly father. A biology class, real quick, will tell you that seed comes from whom? The man. But here God says the seed of the woman will come forth and he will get victory over you. But here, here's the key word that I want you to see. Because here's the revelation I'm going to show you this morning. That this is not just a prophecy of Jesus coming forth and defeating Satan. See, here's what... Anytime you read the word of God, you have to take the word of God, what it's saying at that time... And it's spiritual meaning. Can anybody understand what I'm saying? What God is saying here is that Jesus is going to come forth through Mary, right? A virgin's going to bring forth a son. He's going to come forth. He's going to destroy the works of Satan. And we're all going to live happily ever after. But there is also a spiritual revelation within that verse. And here's the word that I want you to see. I want you to see that word up there that says S-E-E-D. What's that spell? Seed. Say that with me. Seed. If you don't see anything else in that verse, I want you to see the word seed. Because that is the point of this whole entire message. Now, seed. What is the importance of seed? Watch this. It institutes... Or, or institutes a law of continuum. What's the purpose of seed? The purpose of seed is to cause something to continue. Are y'all with me? That, that's what it does, right? The whole purpose of a seed is to cause something to continue. If you have a seed of corn, a kernel of corn, you plant that seed. Why? So that that corn will do what? It will continue. And the seed off of that one, you sow that one, it continues. It keeps reoccurring. So seed always causes something to continue like it is. Is that right? All right, so watch this. When God gives a revelation, He isn't just talking about the natural. Again, the natural understanding is what? Jesus is going to come. It's going to be Jesus versus Satan, right? He said the seed of the woman will be against the seed of the serpent. They will always be fighting against one another. All right, so watch this. Who is the seed of the woman? Jesus, right? Do you know another title for Jesus? You know Him as the Word. Right? You know him as the Son of God. You know him as what? Messiah, Emmanuel. But there's another title that I want you to pay attention to. The Bible calls Jesus the firstborn of many. When I see that title, firstborn of many, I, it automatically clicks to me. He was the seed to, to cause something to continue. The firstborn of many. Cheryl, when you were born, you were the firstborn of many of Darlene and Henry. Is that correct? So that's just a simple way of saying there's going to be more like Cheryl. God help us right now. There's going to be more like her. 
So when the Bible says that Jesus was the firstborn of many, it is telling you that Jesus was the firstborn of the sons of God, the children of God, and there's going to be more to come. Raise your hand and say, that's me. All right, so watch this. Who is the seed of the serpent? We know, now watch this, we know the seed of the woman, right? That's easy. That's Jesus. He's the seed of the woman. But who is the seed of the serpent? Would you like for me to show you what the seed of the serpent is? I'm going to show you this morning. Watch this. Number one, if you have an, an apple seed, let's just use our brain this morning. If you have an apple seed, you have a guarantee that you will keep producing apples. I told you this verse goes way deeper than what you think it does. The seed of the woman are the seed of God versus the seed of the serpent. Seed does what? Seed guarantees something to continue. If you have an apple seed, you have a guarantee that apples will continue. You always have that guarantee. All right, so is this just talking about Jesus versus Satan? Or does this go deeper than that? Are y'all with me this morning? Mark 4, 13. Let me show you the seed of the serpent. Watch this. L listen to what Jesus says very closely. Start at verse 13. Listen to this. He says, Know you not this parable? How will you, not, how will you know all the other parables? Stop right there. Jesus says, if you don't know the meaning behind this principle, He says, you will not know how any of the kingdom will work. How many wants the kingdom of God to work for you? That's why you're here, right? You are here to learn how to make the kingdom of God work for you. How to plug yourself into the ways of God to get the things of God to work for you. Whether it's finances, whether it's your health, whether it's your marriage, whether it's anything else. You are learning how to plug into the kingdom. So Jesus says, if you don't understand what I'm about to tell you, you will not be able to grasp how anything in the kingdom works. Somebody say amen. Look at verse 14. The sower sows the word. Stop right there. He's immediately talking about what? S-E-E-D. I told you, the main point of that prophecy that God gave thousands of years ago was S-E-E-D, seed. Jesus says, if you get this parable, what I'm about to tell you, you will be able to understand everything else about the kingdom of God. The sower sowed seed. What is the battle between God and Satan? Seed. Say that word seed with me if you're with me. Seed. It's about seed. All right, so watch this. The sower sows the word. Verse 15. And these are they which fell by the wayside when the word was sown, but they had heard, and Satan came immediately and took away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately... He, they receive it with gladness, but they don't have any root in themselves, so they endure for but a little time, right? And afterwards, when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in, and that does what? It chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And then there are they which are sown on the good ground, which hear the word, receive it, and bring forth what? 30, 60, and 100 fold. All of you have heard this a hundred times. 
It's amazing that Jesus says, if you understand this parable, you understand everything else. What's so amazing about this is you can preach this a hundred different ways. And, I, and I've done it many different ways. I've preached this parable right here. But here's what I want you to see. <clears throat> I told you that I was going to show you what the seed of the serpent is. And I know what you were thinking. You were thinking, it's, it's people. The seed of the serpent is people. It's not people. Every one of those that you've seen, except the last one, was the result of the seed of the serpent. You say, what are you talking about? Seed produces cycles. Again, what did I tell you at the beginning? If you have seed, you have a guarantee that something will continue. For one, they have a seed of hardness of heart. And every time the word comes forth, the seed of God, every time that comes forth, you know what keeps recurring in their life? It just bounces off. Every time. They're not going to hear it. They're not going to listen to it. It just bounces off every time. It keeps occurring over and over and over. It's a cycle. Now, you say the, the problem is the ground is hardened. I have never seen ground so hard that it could not be softened. Are you hearing me? There's been times, watch this, there's been times that it has not rained for a while and the ground has been so hard that we could barely dig a hole to put posts in the ground when we're building a deck or something like that. But do you know that ground has never been so hard that after a time of rain comes that it doesn't soften the ground? The problem is not the hardness of the ground. The problem is not, watch this, I'm trying to show you something this morning. The problem is not the stony ground. The problem is not the thorns. You know what the problem is? There's been other seed that's been sown. Oh, did some of you catch that? It, what's the battle? What is the battle? It's the seed of God versus the seed of the serpent. Do you know what the seed of the serpent is? Satan sows seed in you to prevent the word of God from working in your life. You want me to be more specific? He sows seed which produces cycles in your life that keeps reoccurring that only lets certain things go on in your life. That's why I asked you at the beginning, is there certain areas in your life that you can only get so far and it just seems like things keep repeating over and over and over in your life? You want to know why that is? Is because just as God sows his seed, Satan also sows his seeds within your life. Somebody say the battle is the seed. That's what the battle is. It's the seed. Je Watch this. Jesus is trying to produce more people like him. And Satan is trying to produce more people like him on this earth. And watch this. What does seed initiate? It always initiates the law of continuum. I'm... I'm going to teach today on generational curses. Now before you get too excited, it's not what you think it is. People hear a generational curse. That's right, there's a generational curse. You call it alcoholism, perversion, Anger issues. You call it those things. 
But all those things are just leaves on the tree. Do you want to know the root issue? Watch this. The root cause of generational curses is the seed. It's the seed of the serpent. Every one of those that I just read to you, the hardness of the ground, the stony ground, the thorns, oh, you know, that's choking the life in the ground, all those I read to you, do you know that every one of those are generational curses? See, you label it as shallow things. Well, uh, drunkenness runs in my family. Perversion runs in my family. Thievery runs in my family. No, no, no. The seed of the serpent runs in your family. You can tell when Revelation's coming for because everybody's like this. It's the seed of the serpent. And whatever it may be, you call it these shallow things, but the root thing is the ultimate goal that Satan wants to do is he wants to sow seeds in your life or in your generations, in your lineage, to do one thing. Not to label you as this or that or this. No, no, no. It's to stop the seed of God from going forward. That's it. What, do you, what did I say at the beginning? If you have seed, you have a guarantee of something to continue. See, here, here's Why do you want to have money? Why do you want to have a nice house? Why do you want to accomplish great things in your life because watch this watch this listen to what I'm about to say you need to know why you want what you want because God doesn't just give you things just to give you things everything that God gives you is by purpose are you hearing me do you know why God was going to take out Hezekiah I mean, he remembers that God sent Isaiah to Hezekiah and said, Put your house in order. You're a dead man. Do you want to know why? It wasn't because that God didn't love Hezekiah. I mean, he knows that Hezekiah was a man after God's heart. He established God's laws back in the kingdom. He did all these things. He took down the high places, the idols. But why was God going to take him out of the way? Do you want to know why? Somebody say the word seed. He was trying to stop Hezekiah's seed. Do you want to know why? Because Hezekiah was going to bring forth a son by the name of Manasseh. Who was going to be more wicked. He was going to put Judah in more sin than they had ever been in before. See, here's what I'm trying to tell you. The reason why I ask you, why do you want these things? Because some of you are only thinking about just you. It's way bigger than you. God is interested in generational blessing. And can I tell you that Satan is interested in generational curses. He's not trying just to take you out. He's trying to take your entire family out. He's trying to take your kids out. Some of you are saying, why am I fighting so much stuff? Why am I being hit so hard? Because if Satan gets you, he gets your whole lineage. I don't have no help in here this morning. But on the contrary, watch this. If God gets you, you change the entire course of your generations the seed of the woman will be against the seed of the serpent there will always be opposition between the two that is the battle 
Why? Because if you have seed, you have guarantee of the law of continuum. Something will keep going over and over. How many would like in your lineage, in your bloodline, the blessings of the Lord to continue over and over and over and over? Somebody say amen then you've got to learn how to do something because I'm telling you right now. You say, well, I got the word. I got a word from God. So did every one of these. They had a word from God, but they allowed the seeds of the serpent to continue. And I'm going to tell you right now, just like I told you at the beginning, there are times that Satan, he'll let you go to a certain point and will cut you off. Why? Because until you go to that other level, you are not effective. Oh, somebody hear me. Can I tell you this? Thank God for the local church on the corner, but some of you are called to more than just the local church on the corner. Come on. Some of you are called to reach nations. So you know what that means? If you're called to reach nations, you will never be effective. Somebody say seed. I then went past my notes. All right, so if you have things that keep reoccurring over and over and over in your life, the question is, how do you stop it? And I don't, need to, I don't need to pull you up here right now and prophesy to you. This is what's happening. You already know what keeps reoccurring. You already know the tactics that the enemy keeps using over and over and over. The question is, what do you do about it? Right? I tell you what you do, brother. You pray. You rebuke it. Sometimes when revelation comes, we don't like it because it tells us that what we've been doing is not working. Somebody say amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. Look at this. Look at what Paul says. <clears throat> he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Stop. You, watch this. Do you know that you can temporarily solve issues in your life by the flesh? Do you know that? You can. If you got division, you got strife, you got whatever going on, you can temporarily solve some issues. But if you don't get rid of the seed, hello? How many knows you can cut that tree down, but if you don't get rid of the seed, the seed, when it hits into the ground, there'll be more coming up. All right, you can temporarily solve things in the flesh, but they will keep coming back. They will keep reoccurring. Again, is there things in your life that keep reoccurring? Now, let's read on. Next verse. He says, for our weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are not of the flesh. Because you want to know why? The flesh will not get rid of the seed. In the Old Testament... If you ever wonder why God would have them wipe out an entire people. Because at the time, man did not have the spiritual authority that they had lost from Adam. They couldn't deal with demons. Are you hearing me? So they had to take out the seed of man where the enemy was working. But now we don't war against flesh and blood. We now have our spiritual authority back and we are able to attack where it is at the root. It's not people. It's the, it's the seed of the serpent that is at work. He said, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Pulling down of what? Say it again. Pulling down of what? Say it one more time. Pulling down of what? 
This is not a little issue. This is not a hiccup here or there. I'm talking about strongholds. See, the only thing you're able to fix in the flesh is little hiccups here and there. That's all you're able to fix. But you're not, re- you're not able to get rid of strongholds. Now, let's deal with that. The only way you break demonic cycles in your life, and I'm sure you're interested by now, how do I do that, right? How do I do that? How do I stop the enemy from making things keep reoccurring over and over and over in my life? How do I do that? The only way you do that is you disrupt things in the spirit realm. That's the only way you're able to do it. And I'm going to explain what I'm telling you right now. You disrupt things. Now, number one, what is strongholds? We know this. It is a fortress designed to do what? Watch this. It is a fortress designed to give you a lasting foothold in a certain area. Watch, watch, watch. If I have a stronghold in the town of Tazewell, I'm telling you that I have a foothold in a certain area. I'm locked in that place. What area does Satan have a stronghold in your life? What area... What certain area does he have a foothold? If he can work in your life, it's always right here in this area. Some of you are like, yeah, okay. Now I know what you're saying. That's what a stronghold is. And you know what a stronghold is? It's seed. Seed guarantees that something will continue. It's a cycle. A stronghold is a seed. Now, here's what I'm going to help you right now because here's what you've been taught. Let me read on and I'm going to explain. Next verse for me. We pull down strongholds, right? We cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So here's what you've been taught. You've got to pull down the strongholds and get rid of them. Right? The only problem is, you did that. Come on, you know how we operate. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You'll get on fire. Come on, you know how we do. We'll pray, we'll get serious, we'll do all those things. What if I told you, what if I told you that you can't pray away these cycles? Here's the part where I told you sometimes revelation is not fun because it lets us know that what we've been doing is not working. You can't pray away anger. <laughs> Lord, take it from me. Take it from me, Lord. He's not going to take it from me. Watch this. Strongholds cannot just be tore down. He said we have the power to pull them down, right? And this is what you've been taught. Watch this. You've been taught. Pull down the strongholds of the enemy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I did that. And guess what happened? It came back again. How many has ever been in a battle with the enemy over a certain situation, over a certain area of your life? You got the victory, but guess what? It came back again. And I want to know why. Come on. I want to know why. Why am I fighting the same battle again? Let me tell you why. Are you ready? You cannot break curses. Oh, you done lost me now. 
I told you I was going to teach on generational curse. Do you know you can't break curses? You can only put a blessing in its place. Did y'all hear what I said? Let me show you an example that I'm not just pulling something out of the air. Let me show you a biblical example. All right, God had blessed Israel. He had blessed this people. And Balak, who was the king of the Moabites, hired Balaam, which was a warlock. That's what he was. There are warlocks in the Bible? Yeah. He was a warlock. People would hire him to pronounce curses over people, to cause things to happen to people. You say, that's real? Yeah, it's real. And so Balaam, or Balak, hires Balaam. He says, I want you to curse this people. Now, he doesn't know the backstory. He's like, okay, I'll get some money off of this. I'll get paid to do this. I'll go. But then, guess what? He inquired of the Lord about this, and God says, you will not curse what I have blessed. Everybody remember reading it? And so Balaam comes to Balak and he says, Listen, I don't care how much you try to give me. If you give me up to half of your kingdom, I will not curse this people. He said, Why won't you do it? He said, Because the Lord has commanded. Is he, a, is he, he is not a man that he should lie. He is not the son of man that he has, he has repented. He has commanded me to bless and I have to bless. Just as, watch this, just as you cannot get rid of the blessing, you cannot get rid of the curse just by trying to break it. Do you know what you do? You speak blessing in its place. Again, you watch this. You've been taught to get rid of the strongholds, but yet they keep coming back. Why is that? Because, watch this, Jesus told us, he said, you clean the house. You rebuke the devil. You bind him. You do all these other things. And you get rid of these things. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The enemy's not attacking me anymore. He's not doing this and doing that. Here's the problem, though. You ready? You've just been taught that strongholds are bad. Anytime you hear the word stronghold, oh, that's bad. That's something of the enemy. Wrong. You have to replace the strongholds of the enemy with the strongholds of God. Watch this. It's all about what? Seed. If you get rid of the seed of the enemy, you got to put something in its place. Do you ever notice that ground out there, it will grow something whether you like it or come on, it will grow something whether you like it or not, whether you plant a certain seed or not. Why? Because it was designed to take seed. Can I tell you something here this morning? You were designed to take seed. So watch this. You get rid of the strongholds of the enemy, but you don't put anything back in its place. Do you want to know why? Watch this. You remember in the Old Testament, we're dealing so much with idols. Just over and over and over. Israel would be delivered and they'd go back to idols. They'd do this and they'd go back to idols. And have you, have you ever asked yourself, saying, why were they so, why do they keep going back to the idols? Do you want to know why? They, put, they didn't put God in the place of where they had the idols. Somebody say amen if you're with me. The idols had their devotion, their zeal, their heart. And the problem is, yeah, they'd get rid of the idols, but they didn't make God their zeal, their devotion, and their heart. 
And so therefore, guess what? You get rid of it, but guess what? If you don't get rid of the seed, it keeps coming back. That's why over and over and over they kept going back to the idols. They, kept, they couldn't help it. There are some things you can't pray away. Come on. There are some things you can't rebuke it. There are things, watch this, you have to learn how to disrupt things in the spirit realm. And the only way you do that is you place another stronghold in the place of where you pull down one of the enemies. Jesus said, when the house is swept clean, oh yes, it's nice, it's pretty, it's all cleaned and glistening. He said, but the problem is, is they didn't occupy the house with something else. And when them spirits came back, oh, y'all better hear me. When the spirits came back to the house, the latter part of that house was way worse than what they started with. That's why every time it reoccurs, it gets harder and harder and harder. So remember this. I want to point to your attention again. It's the seed of God versus the seed of Satan. Either way, you need seed for anything to continue. Oh, I want the blessings of God. Well, you need the seed of God. Come on. I want the things of God. I want His blessings. I want His goodness to keep occurring in my life. I want it to continue. I want it to continue in my children's life. Well, then you need the seed of God. But on the contrary, watch this. If you don't get rid of the seed of the enemy, it will keep reoccurring. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why you have to work towards the seed of God and you don't have to work towards the seed of Satan. You want to know why? Because you have a carnal nature just like watch this it's just like in the natural do you ever notice that you have to plant things you want but you never have to plant weeds isn't that amazing never that is exactly how it is in your spiritual walk you do not have to plant the seeds of the serpent they come the Bible even tells us that Satan looks for opportunities to come in. He looks. That's why Paul said, give no place to the devil. Give no place. All right, so here's another thing I want you to think on. Did you know that generational curses stop when God raises up one to change their family? The question is, is that you? The seed of the serpent came in to the, to the earth, right? It came in. But notice what God said. He said, my seed is going to come forth and he's going to bruise, crush your head. Any time, and I'm going to show you this in the Word of God, any time that God wants to stop what has been reoccurring over and over in a family, in a generation, God will always raise up somebody to put a stop to the seed of the serpent. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Go to 1 Kings 17.1. Go to 1 Kings. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the inhabitants of Galad, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That's just a cute way of saying, until I say so, there's not going to be any rain or dew on the earth. Now you're looking at me saying, okay... Whoop-de-doo. What's that have to do with anything you just said? 
Ahab was more wicked than all the other kings of Israel at that time. You know Jeroboam started it, right? He was the first king of Israel. That's when the, the nation divided, right? He was the first one to bring them into idol worshiping. But all down to Ahab, there had been none more wicked than Ahab. You remember his wife, Jezebel. Oh, so-and-so, they got a Jezebel spirit. That's what you're familiar with. So God says, I am tired of this. Come on, somebody. I am tired of the seed of the serpent going from one king to another, to another, to another. Why? Because if the leadership's in trouble, are you hearing what I'm saying? So God says, I'm going to raise up a man, a prophet by the name of Elijah. Do you know what Elijah did just then? He disrupted. The only way you're going to break the curse is put something in its place. The only way you're going to break demonic cycles from reoccurring in your life is you have to disrupt things in the spirit realm. You say, well, how did he disrupt things in the spirit realm? He made a proclamation. He said, there will be no more rain or dew on the earth until I say so. You don't get it. Do you know what idol that they were serving? Baal. Do you know who Baal was? He said, there'll be no more what? Dew or rain. Do you know who Baal was the god of? And dew. Oh, my. He disrupted things in the spirit. They were looking to Baal for their rain and their dew. And here the cycle continues. God says enough is enough. I'm going to raise up a man that says I'm tired of this. Is there anybody in here by the sound of my voice that looks, some, looks at some things in your family, that looks at some things around you and says, enough is enough, I'm tired of this stuff. Keep coming over and over and over again. Somebody's got to do something about this. I'm going to get personal with you here for just a second, and I know Stevie doesn't care, but I know for a fact that God prophesied to him years ago he said, I am going to use you to break cycles in your family's life. Is that not what he told you? But do you know why God is using him? Stevie is here this morning in the church house. You want to know why? Because he knows he has a part to play in this. He is faithful. He is dedicated to God. And no, he didn't pay me to say these things. He realizes and he understands that God chose him. And you know that he pulled you out of the fires of hell. He chose him and he said, I'm going to raise up a man. I'm tired of these things occurring in this lineage, in this bloodline. I'm going to raise me up a man that says enough is enough. I'm going to disrupt things in the spirit realm. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. Now again, I ask you, are you one of them? God raises up a person to stop generational curses in their track. The question is, are you one of them? Because here Elijah says, this God that you depend on, this God that you look to for your doing right, I'm going I'm to stop this cycle right now. I'm going to disrupt this thing. I'm going to stop the dew and I'm going to stop the rain until I say so. So therefore you're going to know that the seed of God is more powerful than the seed of the serpent. I don't even have to tell you about the showdown he had with the prophets of Baal. Some things don't need prayer. They need spoken to. 
Glory to God. What did Elijah do right here? He didn't pray. Come on. You know, I know some people, they will pray for hours. They'll pray about anything and everything. Everybody coming and going, they'll pray, 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 but they don't get results. You want to know why? Because it's not about prayer. Lord, I don't know if I'm coming back to this church because this pastor in here said it's not about prayer. Well, how's it working? You still got the enemy working in your life. You still got things that are bound onto you. What works? Some things don't need prayed about. They need spoken to. Notice what Elijah did. He didn't pray about, oh, Lord, turn the hearts of Ahab. He didn't do any of that. He spoke. Come on. He spoke. It's not going to rain. And it's not, there's not going to be any dew until I say so. And you know the story. They got real desperate and they were looking to Elijah. The only way you break cycles in your life is you disrupt things in the spirit realm. I did not say in the natural, I said in the spirit realm. Now, go back to 2 Corinthians 10.5. Look at this. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now look at Mark 4.11. Do I have Mark 4.11? Can you pull that up for me real quick? I must have missed that. Mark 4.11. I'm going to show you something right here. Or should I say Dave's going to show it to you? Look at this. Jesus said unto them, Unto you it is given. This is right before he said the, par- the parable of the scattered seed, right? Which he said, if you understand this one, you'll get everything else. He says, unto you it is what? Given to what? Say that word with me. No. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, they are hidden. Do you know what Satan's power is? It's hidden. It's the secret things. You know what makes the occult so powerful? If you know anything about the occult, it's the secrecy. Jesus said, this is not going to work for you until you know, until it's no longer hidden from you. There's another famous verse that everybody knows. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Watch this. If something keeps occurring from the enemy in your life, here's, here's the thing. You ready? It's, something, it's because of something you don't know. I prayed. I rebuked. I did all this. I spoke in tongues. I did all this other stuff. And it's still happening. It's because there's something you're missing. Come on. See, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that think I know it all. And if something's not working, I say, God, what's your problem? I don't do that. Because to God, it's already done. Are you hearing me? So if something's not working, I go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what did I miss? You know what that's called? That's called being wise. You think being wise means you know everything. No, no, no. Being wise means I don't know it all, but I want to, so I'll do whatever it takes to learn it. (laughs) All right, watch this. It's something you don't know. How are you going? I'm going to pray. I'm going to rebuke it. I'm going to cast that. I'm going to do this. Well, how are you going to do that if you don't know where he's working and how he's working? 
See, you have to know. What's a stronghold? It is a certain area that is fortified. So watch this. Before I can deliver you, I have to know where Satan is working. Come on. If you come up here right now and say, uh, pray that I'll be delivered, that's not good enough. I have to know where he's working. I, God has to reveal to me in the spirit realm, where his, what, how did he get in? Where is he working in your life? Because if I can find out where he's working, then I can get you delivered. Watch this. How many remembers what Jesus said? He said, if I cast out devils, I cast them out by the finger of God. Right? You remember that? What does the finger do? It points out. The reason I'm able to cast out devils is because I know where they're at. I can pinpoint them by the Spirit. So watch this. So you have to know, before I can change the cycles... There's a reason why Elijah, he didn't just say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell him it's not going to rain anymore. If you don't know the, the backstory behind that, you won't know why he said He didn't say that just to say it. He said it because that's what they depended on. That's the God that they worshipped. He was the God of rain and dew. That's why he said what he said. It's not, watch this. It's not just the power you have, it's what you know. Genesis 3.15 How do I disrupt the seed of the enemy? Genesis 3.15 Let's go back to it. He says, I will put enmity between the woman and between the, thy seed and her seed. It shall, it shall bruise thy head and you shall bruise his heel. You want to know the answer? This is the whole summary of this message. How do I destroy the seeds of the enemy in my life? How do I do it? You want to know the answer? S-E-E-D. What is the seed of God? So he said, the seed of God is going to crush your head. The question is, what is the seed of God? Dave, go to Luke 8.11, if you would. The seed... <laughs> Come on. The seed of God is what? How do I destroy the effects of one seed? I have to put something in its place. Okay, I rebuke this. I, you know, I, I get the enemy out of my life. Now what? Here's what happens. You let go. You put it on cruise control. You don't put anything in its place. So then Satan comes back again. And this time he comes back with more heavy artillery. And the latter part of that house is worse than the former. So what's the answer in here this morning? The answer is I was designed for seed. I just have to make sure I put the right kind of seed. And the seed is the what? The word of God. So if I want to stop the seeds of the enemy from keep repeating in my life over and over and over. I have to get the seed of God in me, which is His Word. Watch this. You disrupt things, you disrupt cycles in the Spirit. You break generational curses. You break the continuum. How? By seed. Whatever cycle is occurring in your life, do you know that you can find it in the Word of God? Do you know that? So therefore, watch this. God has a seed for it. 
How many has ever seen somebody take an ugly yard? I mean ugly. Got all kinds of different grass and weeds growing in it, bald patches growing in it. And what do they do? They start sowing the seed that they want. And they take care of it, right? They water it, you know, they, they get rid of the other weeds. And before you know it, they will have one of the nicest looking yards you've ever seen in your life. How did they do it? They did it by seed. How did Elijah disrupt the spirit realm and change the course? He did it. Not by praying and rebuking and all that. No, he did it with the seed of God. The seed of God will do what to the seed of the serpent? He didn't say prayer will do it. He didn't say rebuking it will do it. Again, let me stress this in here this morning. It's not enough just to pull down strongholds. It's not enough to cast down imaginations. You got to put. Help me, Jesus. How many in here this morning can stop your mind from thinking? Raise your hand. Not one hand. So that tells me that it's not thoughts itself that are bad. It's the point that you're thinking the wrong kind of thoughts. So that watch this. So that what's that telling me? That's telling me it's not enough to get rid. Oh, I rebuke that thought. I cast down that thought of the enemy. It's not enough. God says, I will keep them in perfect peace whose imagination is built around me. Are you hearing me? So how do I... Watch this. The Bible says the war that you're fighting is in your soul. It's, it's in your mind. You will and emotions. It's in your soul. So it's not enough for me just to get rid of the enemy's thoughts. I have to replace them. Because you want to know why? Because my mind was made to think. It wasn't made to be empty. Come on. That ground out there, it was not made to be bare. No, no, no. It was designed to have something growing in it. And the problem is, is you get rid of the enemy. You uproot this, you pull down strongholds, but you don't put the strongholds of God in its place. Again, the idols can fall all day long. But if you don't put God in the place where you had those idols, it's going to keep coming back. All right. So when I say the seed is the word of God and all you need is God's seed, what do I mean by that? It's all grown-ups in here this morning. So I can say this. This will be PG. Are you ready? If a woman wants a baby, can she just get close to a man? Some of y'all got this word close to you. You got it on your coffee table. You got it on your bookshelf. How does this seed become effective? Let me tell you how. For that woman to bring forth a child, she has to know that man. I mean, that's just as PG as I can keep it. She has to know the seed. So I'm telling you right now, it's not just the word you can quote. That's not what I'm talking about. So don't get on that train of thought. When this seed becomes known to you. In other words, when the Word of God, the seed, is no longer Logos, but it becomes Rhema. Do you know what the sword of the Spirit is? It's the Word. But it's not just any Word. It's the Word 
the seed that you know. In other words, I know what God showed me. I know that I know, and I'm not coming off of it. It crushes. Well, you say, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Now, I know that the Bible says that the seed of God will crush the seed of the serpent. He'll crush his head. But it said that he will bruise his heel. But watch this. I got good news for you. Are you ready? Heather, come on up. That prophecy has been updated. You say, what do you mean it's been updated? Go to Romans for me, Dave. It says, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. You see how that changed? It no longer said, God will bruise him under your feet, but he'll still be able to snap at your heels. Satan has lost his snapping power. Again, that prophecy was about Jesus defeating Satan. And he did exactly that. He stripped him of his power. But as we learn today, we are the seed of God. God wants us to be like Christ. The firstborn of many. So what I'm trying to tell you, long story short, when you take the seed of God and put it where it belongs, you have the power to crush Satan's head. In other words, to break cycles off of your life. And he won't be able to snap at your heels anymore. He's lost that. I just read it to you. How many learned something in here today? The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Will truth just set you free? No, you got to know it. And today, you now know the truth. I believe that there are people in here by the sound of my voice that you are one of those people that I talked about today that looked around and says, listen, this can't go on like it goes on. Something has to change. And so God says, I will use you to break demonic cycles that have ran through your family. I'll use you to change the course. Is that you in here today? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith@yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.